be here today uh, and uh, my name's uh, Matt and it's just so great to see so many people here and keen happy Christmas happy new year as you're planning towards your new year celebrations how many absolutely firmly believe that 2021 is going to be better than 2020 oh, a little bit okay all right how many are really believing that 2021 is going to be okay? Great. Um, you can see, you might be saying, "Well, Matt, you know, it can't get any worse." So, uh, but let's uh, let's let's think a little bit more uh, positively and proactively about that. Let's have uh, faith. Um, <coughs> excuse me. We um, we have a uh, in 2020. I'm believing for faith wall around the corner there. And uh, many people wrote uh, lots of different things and lots of different statements that were very, very powerful. And uh, some of those have been achieved. Some of those haven't been achieved. But that doesn't mean that we that, that doesn't mean that we stop believing. Amen. That doesn't believe that we that that doesn't mean that we uh, stop pressing into God. That we stop. Um, uh, asking God for these things because it's absolutely imperative that we see this community helped, we see this community improve, we see this community thrive. Amen? Amen? Oh, goodness me. I know that there's a few less people in here today, but your voices are the loudest ones. Is that cool? So you can interact. So we believe that this community is going to thrive. Amen? Ah, I love it. Thanks so much. Well, last week we started to talk about, I started to talk about uh, and introduce our series of Healing Hope you'll see on the wall here. And for many people during 2020, uh, during 2020 um, people's hopes have been really dashed and it's like our hope needs healing, right? But uh, what I felt that uh, the Lord spoke to me about, what I felt God speak to me about um, many, many weeks ago now, probably about three months ago now, is that there is going to be a significant healing movement that will take place here within this church here of Manningham Christian Centre, and it will certainly spread throughout all of Melbourne. And we've started to see that each week. Each week, we do see regularly um, people's bodies healed of certain things. Uh, two weeks ago, Tim testified, uh, was it two weeks ago or last week? can't quite remember, but it was, it was not that long ago that uh, he had a severely badly bruised leg and uh, Tim, Tim does a lot of, uh, you know, bike riding, um, too much bike riding. How many people love bike riders on a Sunday morning on the way to church? I don't. I don't love bike riders at all. It's like they take up the, get over on the lane. But Tim and I have a love-hate relationship in relation to talking about bicyclists that walk, that walk, they don't walk, they cycle along the road. And, uh, and you know, sometimes it's difficult to get past them, especially on, if it's a thin road. But my point is this, Tim's healing. The point is this, is that Tim had a badly, very, very badly bruised leg of which the doctors said it would take a, up to a month to heal. And he was instantly healed right here in the front room, in, in the front row right now. Last week, <coughs> I uh, spoke to somebody and a lady who had had uh, severe swelling um, and uh, I'm not quite sure of all the technical term, but the fluid retention in her leg, her ankles were quite swollen and she was in a great deal of pain. Um, we didn't even pray for her. I prayed for her at the end, but we didn't even pray for her. She said she felt the pain leave her body when she walked in the room. 
All right, all right, all right, all right. So last week, I explained this one thing that, you know, when God some, does something significant for somebody else, it's really worth celebrating. And a golf clap is not really a celebration. Does God deserve more than a golf clap? All right, so this lady walked in. I heard recently that a lady walked in here and she was in pain, right? And as soon as she walked in, the pain left her body. How great is that? Yeah, that's better. Come on. Fantastic. All right. I'm just going to let you know to everybody online as well who is watching and everybody who's in the room, there's not going to be an, a moment go by that I'm going to miss in celebrating what God is doing. So I'm just going to ask you politely and respectfully, get used to celebrating. Is that cool? All right, because that's what we're going to be doing. You see, I understand and I hope that you understand as well that some people in here are believing for something for themselves. You might be believing for something for a family member and you might be really asking the Lord, you might really be asking God for something significant. Well, the truth is this, often we can't quite experience our own breakthrough until we celebrate the breakthrough of another because we are that connected because God builds us together. The, the Bible says it this way, that we're all living stones fitted together in the house of God. So if one doesn't celebrate, guess what? We all lack. Hello? All right, sorry for speaking truth, but that's the truth of it, okay? And so, um, so we need to press into this moment of whenever there's a time to celebrate, whenever there's a time to shout and clap and really praise God. You see, the enemy would really want you to be quiet. The enemy would want you to stay conservative. The enemy would want you to just, just, just pipe down a little bit. You know, Jesus said it this way when he came in on Palm Sunday. He said, if they don't praise, the rocks will cry out. Can you imagine if the chair beside you was louder than you? I'm not saying the person, the chair. All right, I don't want that on my rap sheet when I get to heaven. You know, the chair was louder than what you praised me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So here is this opportunity that when we celebrate a breakthrough for, some, for somebody else, we actually get to partake of a breakthrough for ourselves as well. Is that cool? All right, so praise God. So <clears throat> we've been talking about healing hope and, and pressing into this moment of um, of not just healing our hope, but understanding that Jesus is our hope. He is hope. He is hope personified. He is hope magnified. Um, and uh, the, the Bible says it this way, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Have you ever really been hoping for something and, and you just haven't quite got there yet? Well, understand this, is that Jesus says this. He says that he would give us the desires of our heart. And that's not just fulfilling the, mag, you know, the cherry red Ferrari that we might want or the, or the bucket of ice cream or the... Or, 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 you know, our wish list of things. What that is, is he places desires within our heart. He gives us those desires for a reason. He gives us those desires so that he, so that we have an opportunity to partner with him in helping those desires take place. Isn't that powerful, right? And so we get to partner with him. And you see, this is why our hope is healing. This is why our hope is in healing. So healing for the nations, healing for our communities, relationships restored, hope for humanity, and lots of different things that we're going to experience as the Lord leads as well. Amen. If you've got your Bibles with you, um, open, open them to, we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 9, 
verses 6 through to 7. And I'm just going to do a very, very, very quick uh, recap of uh, last week's message for those who have just joined us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 is this magnificent, poetic, um, prophetic word about um, the significance is this, is, is about what, what Jesus uh, what this is long this was spoken about before Jesus came to earth and uh, and this this scripture just describes um, overall this signif- the significant the significance of his arrival and so it says this it says for a child will be born to us a son will be given to us and the government will rest upon his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God eternal father prince of peace there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace who needs more peace you need more peace i think our community needs more peace we need to rest in absolute peace well here there is a promise that there's not going there's 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 never going to be an end to his government or of the increasing nature of his peace in our lives we're going to come back to that um uh sorry, government or of peace on the throne of David and over over, uh, his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. How long is forevermore? Forever. That's a heck of a long time. The zeal of the Lord's armies will accomplish this. So in other words, the zeal of the Lord's armies are the angelic host, the angelic host that uh, uh, is, is always at work. The Bible says that uh, he charges his angels to watch over us. And so as we, you know, as we follow him and we commit our lives to him, then uh, he charges his angels to watch over us, to protect us, to guide us as we go <coughs> through our life. So, um, we have uh, um, uh, we have <clears throat> last week. Sorry, I spoke about the evidence of Jesus, and uh, you know, for some people, you might be saying, "Well, you know, Matt, I I really don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that Jesus." ever really walked the earth and uh, last week I talked about the evidence just spoken about by uh, uh, Christian historians right through to secular historians that uh, regularly and often uh, talk about and prove the fact that Jesus yes was was an absolute man Um, he he walked the earth and there is much evidence uh, of uh, Michelangelo you know that Michelangelo was alive because you saw what he created you know that uh, you know um, who was the other uh, Socrates? You know what the Socrates was alive because you re- you can read about what he wrote, and you know that Dwayne Johnson is alive because he makes some pretty great movies, right? Well, in the same way, in the same way, uh, Jesus. We know Jesus is alive because there is as much evidence of him walking the face of the earth as you and I. The problem is, is that often within a Western mindset, we approach things from a scientific scientific point of view that if we can't see it we don't believe it 
Whereas if you were to go over to Israel, there's about 400 churches on every corner that say that this is where Jesus was born. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I'm not saying that that's proof. What I'm saying is there is historical evidence of significant things that took place, both within all of the Middle East. Whether you read about Paul, whether you read about Jesus, the Bible is historically accurate. Whilst it's poetic sometimes, it is most definitely historically accurate. And so the Bible says it this way, that Jesus came, that he would give us life and life abundantly in John chapter 10, verse 10. He also came that, that, we, that he would come to live, display and, and, and uh, portray as an example of our lives here on earth, as well as he came that he might die, die for the sins of the world and be raised three days later. The Bible says it this way in John chapter 1, verse 3. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, for by all, by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And you see, this is why we can have hope in Jesus Christ, because it came through him. The Bible says that he was the lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. In other words, even before the foundations of the earth was laid, God had a plan. Father God had a plan that if, that if man would sin as he knew that he would, if man would sin, giving man a free choice and a free will in the Garden of Eden, if man would sin, then God had an answer and he always committed that he would send his only son and his son name, son's name is Jesus Christ. That is the truth of it. That is the truth of it. And see, even then, we can be confident of having a hope in him. <clears throat> I wanted to go back to chapter, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And uh, particularly, we're going to focus today on the second half of verse 7, where it says, There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. And then it says this, on the throne of David and over his kingdom. Now, that's an interesting thing for us because, you know, does the throne of David mean a lot to us? Does it really affect our lives? Probably not. Look, it probably does in more ways than we think and perhaps what we know. But the truth is this, is that, uh, you know, David's throne or the throne of Israel, of, of what this is generally talking about, um, you know, may not affect our lives every day. But the second bit does, and over his kingdom. You see, when we give our hearts to Jesus and when we give our lives to Jesus, we become part of his kingdom, the king's domain, his rulership. There's a throne room of our heart and who sits on it. Do we sit on it or do we allow Jesus to sit on it? I think sometimes every now and then, if you're anything like me, I think, you know, before I get out of bed in the morning, Jesus is sitting on the throne. By about five minutes after I got up, I've gotten on and off about six times, right? It's like this, you know, it's like I, 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 I wanted to control my life. Jesus said, no, 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 remember, you placed me in charge of your life. Yeah, Jesus, that's really good, but can I just, um, can I just do this thing over here? Uh, no, um, remember, Matthew, you placed me on the throne 
of your life. Yes, that's right, Jesus. You're absolutely right. Please continue to sit there and rule over my life. You see, this is the thing that often people, human beings struggle with is that when we, when we uh, allow Jesus to be Lord of our life, he actually means it. Yes, he actually says, yes, I want to be Lord of your life. Yes, that's right. I, 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 I won't rule over your life. The Bible says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. All right? It's not a lordship. It's not a, it's not a, 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 a king ruling with an iron fist. It's Jesus saying, he, he's saying, I'm going to walk with you through this. If you would just let me be Lord of your life. If you would just let me sit on the throne room of your life then I will lead you in it. I will grant you the desires of your heart. I will partner with you in every single day, in every single thing that you experience. He'll be with you. Doesn't mean that we don't experience really sucky things, things that are not cool, right? Life happens. Life is hard from time to time. But what it does mean is that you've got, always got someone to walk through it with you, and he's always ever present. And so in this scripture, it says, he was given to us. So he was, he's a son given to us. You see, Jesus said that he came to serve. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? King of kings, Lord of lords, Messiah, political and military ruler. That's what they called him at the time. Isn't it incredible that the God of angel armies left his, um, left his eternal home came down to earth, not to rule and reign here on earth, but to show us how to rule and reign here on earth. He came to show us how when we partner with him, he would serve and he served us. That's why he's called the son of man. He came to serve us and he served us faithfully. And uh, the Bible says that if everything that he did was recorded in the Bible, there wouldn't be enough books to contain it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So the Bible is just a short snippet of the 33 years of his life of what he did here on the earth. And really, we know that he only had three years of ministry. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I think his whole life was ministry, really. I keep on saying that to my kids. You're, you're born into the ministry. You need to do it. So, so um, it's significant about the kingdom is this, is that the kingdom is both our inner world and our outer world. So the king's dominion, everybody wants a king like Jesus, right? The king's dominion is where he rules in our inner thoughts, in our inner world. That's the world that we generally don't want people to see. That's the world of where we generally don't, we're not comfortable, to, we're not too comfortable with too many people seeing that world. It's where, that, it's where thoughts that we might have that you, that you just may not be proud of. It's where those inner responses take place that, um, that, that you just go, oh. You know, sometimes that inner world creeps into the outer world. Can anybody relate? It's like somebody cutting you off as you go, drive down the street. It's like those cyclists of a Sunday morning that take up the whole lane, right? I'm the only one that 
can relate to it, obviously, because no one's saying anything. So, you know, um, if, if, if it's that inner world that comes out every now and then. And sometimes that inner world can get a bit ugly, right? Can we be real? Yeah. And so sometimes we can be impatient. We can, do, so you can, we can be impatient. We can uh, respond in ways that are, that, that, that are just, you know, not the desirable outcome. And then there's the outer world, the outer world that is all around us. <clears throat> so the outer world is things like, you know, um, you know, uh, you know in, where, we, where we live outwardly. So it might be how we drive or how, how we respond or um, uh, how secure we are in our workplace or in our job. Um, if you're uh, studying at the moment or you, you, you're going into your final year of exams, that might be a place of, you know, where, oh, you know, I, I, that, that's my outer world. It's, 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 a, it's a tough place to be. It's a, it's a place where I, have to, where I have to continually monitor or work hard at and strive and things like that, right? And, and what I'm saying is this, is that Jesus doesn't, necessarily turn all those things into an easy task or an easy process. But what he does do is that he can rule and reign and allow his peace to increase in both of those kingdoms, both of those worlds, your inner world and your outer world at the same time. And you see, this is the area of where he was given to us because it says that our inner thoughts and feelings, emotions and experiences, responses and actions, it changes our outer world when we place Him on the throne room of our heart. When we place Him. And today is an invitation for you to step into that place of where you say, Jesus, I place you on the throne room of my heart, that you would both rule and reign in my inner world and my outer world. Because the truth is this, what's happening on the inner always gets out onto the outer. Always, always, always. You can guarantee it. You can try and pressure cook it for some time, but eventually that thing's gonna blow. You can bottle it up as much as you want. You might think it's so good you wanna bottle it, but friends, it ain't, all right? And what happens is, is that what's on the inner will always come out on the outer. Now, what happens then? Well, our community is impacted. People turn to drugs, alcohol, or, or vices, hobbies. I'm not saying hobbies are bad. What I'm saying is, is that if it replaces Jesus that rules and reigns on the throne, throne room of your heart, it's become an idol. It's become something that you worship more than you worship him. And you see, when we step into that place of where our, excuse me, where our inner world is of the increasing government of his peace, then our outer world is changed. Then the atmosphere around us is changed. Our home is changed. Our community is changed. We walk in a, in a peace, not an inner peace, because you've already got peace here. It's the inner peace that is displayed outwardly. And then somebody comes to you and says, why are you so peaceful during this? You know, you, you guys have been walking through hell and back. How can, how can you be so happy? 
How can you be so joyful? How can you, how, how can you do that when you're facing this? And I'll tell you what it is. It's Jesus sitting on the throne room of our hearts. It's that absolute inner peace that exposes the outer reigning of his kingdom. And this is why I want to talk about this now. As we step into people who are mobilized to see our community changed, in other words, as we see more and more people healed, both within our church services and within our homes and with um, that we, we, we were having a, uh, an online uh, prayer meeting a few weeks ago and uh, one of our ladies had had a, a significant operation on both of her arms and her wrists. And uh, while, while we were praying, uh, she, she just started to go like this and started to move her wrists like this. And, uh, and her, her wrists had significant improvement like it was a major operation that she'd had on her wrist, but they had significant improvement and she started to say, I couldn't do that before. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And you see, it doesn't need to take place just here in church. It can take place in a car park, in a shopping center, wherever it is, no matter what is happening. And uh, I, I, even the other day, I felt prompted to pray for a man who had a bad back that I was that I was praying for, and I, I, and I missed the opportunity. I missed the opportunity to do that. And you may not be comfortable about praying with a stranger, and that's totally okay. But what it does start with, hey, what about a family member? What about a friend? What about, what if you prayed for somebody and they got healed? What if? What if? Friends, we're going to see an increase of it, and this is the truth. When we have Jesus ruling and reigning here, inwardly, inwardly, then what happens is our outward expression changes. Our outward working of who he is, is powerful. Amen? And then it goes down to talk about, in this, in this passage of Isaiah, which is really important, I'm going to end on this, is this. It says, the, the justice and government rests upon his shoulders. The truth is this, is that if you were to take, for example, the Australian Constitution as it was originally written, and the Australian Constitution was written uh, reflecting biblical truths, reflecting biblical principles, and if you were to take the Australian Constitution and, and compare that now to many laws and legislations that have been introduced into uh, the Australian culture, then you would see that there is a stark difference between the two. And I, we haven't got time to go into the, the examples here. But my illustration is this. If man was left to rule with his own ideal of justice, then the truth is that it would 
eventually and slowly uh, reflect something that has never been God's design. That's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. And this is why companies, this is why um, nations have constitutions so that they stay true to what they're called, who they're called to be. Our justice system, our justice department, it has to stay true to the, the Australian laws and the constitution that is currently in place. And that saves our lives. This is why Australia is such a wonderful country to, to live in. Amen? Amen? Amazing, right? When you look at everything else that's going on around the world. If you were to look at countries of where there is no constitution, where it, where it is just really just, you know, every, each man for himself, then there might be pockets of justice. There might be pockets of blessed, you know, people living in harmony and community together. But overall, it, it ain't pretty. It ain't good. And there's power struggles and famine and, and people who, don't, who are not caring for one another and people who are not upholding one another. You see, the truth is this, is that the government of the world rests upon Jesus' shoulders. Therefore, what about our own personal constitution? What about our own personal governance? You see, we all want Jesus as a saviour for eternal life. But he also needs to be king. He also needs to be Lord. He also needs to be that, it's like that constitution that keeps us on, the, on what we would always refer to the straight and narrow. He needs to be king for your life. You need him to be Lord of your life. That he would sit on the throne room of your heart. That you would accept him as a saviour who was born of a Virgin Mary. Came and displayed a life lived, an example for you and I. He served in the same way that you and I should serve. He, he, he died, he literally died giving his life as a sinless man, fully man, but fully God. He died so that we would have life, eternal life, and life now, not just life after, but we're talking life now. And then three days later, he rose again and he appeared to over 400 people. Documented, absolutely true. Friends, Jesus is awesome. He's incredible. And he is alive today and he's living in our hearts if we would just accept him. That we would step into his truth. That we would step into his empowerment. That the government rests upon his shoulders no matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter what. It doesn't mean that we, it doesn't mean that we just sit back and say, hey, you know, I'm cool. I'm, I, I've got it all handled. It's all good. 
No, it means that we serve. It means that we're proactive. It means that we get excited. It means that we, that, that we do what we can to assist the community in everything and every way that we possibly can. But in the same way, that inner peace spreading outer, affecting our community so that our community can thrive. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, thanks for listening. I'm going to hand it over to Julie right now. And uh, we're going to uh, step into the next bit. So, thank you, Pastor Matt. Come on.